Hello family, Pastor George here, your pastor of Stewardship, Finance, and Community Engagement. We're doing a series for the humor of it all, and we're going to be learning tonight about comedy, but then also how to be successful in business. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Set for Life. Hello, family. Pastor George here, ready for another exciting episode of Set for Life. Hey, again, he's not a heavyweight. He's Nazir Walter Waite. We brought him back again. Dan and Green. Dan, how you doing? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me. Man, last time we talked about all the things that we're dealing with, all the things with your documentary and just drive and everything like this. You guys, check out that episode on our playlist. But hey, I just got to start off with just finding out a little bit about you being a comedian and how you got into it. Before right. we started, though, is this. I come to our comedy cafe. It's Friday night, once a month. You guys got to check it out. Dana walks out on stage, full boxing gear last time, saying he's ready for anybody to come up on stage and slap him. Yes, sir. So, so, so I first want to talk about how you got started. But first, can you first answer the question, though? Like, are you kind of top? Like, you just are ready, like... You do talk about what's happening right now and everything right, we can do. Right, right. I'm very. So, I, yeah. I always try to tell. I, I tell people my style is like George Carlin. Yeah. So I kind of call myself the Black George Carlin, because right. um, I'm topical. Right. And a lot of comics are doing that. But being in the game as long as I have, when I started, that was my style. My style. And um, and I've been able to just twist it and make things that are bad or good just make it funny. So yeah, right. that's my and, style. But about the topical, this is what the, what what it did though was. Is it got everybody engaged? Like right, right, like, right, right. Like so, when we when when we get up and speak, or when I get up and speak about what ministry, or if I'm if I'm getting up and I'm doing financial presentation, yeah. my dad always taught me this. He wants three things he wants to get across. He wants people to like you, trust you, and think you're competent. Right, right, like right, right out the front. We all liked you. Like yeah, after yeah, yeah, you I got up and did yeah, that, that's yeah. when you're topical. You brought everybody in. Yeah, well, you know, it's, so, yeah. being a speaker, you know, I always tell people when I go to a town, when I travel and do comedy. I buy at least one or two newspapers, yep. and I read what's going on in town. So this way, when I'm in town, I'm in, like, I, you know, if it's a if it's a bad neighborhood or something like that, I go, yeah, man, it's good to be here. Today. Appreciate it, man. Give it up for the promoter. He took me down to Fifth Street, and then everybody out there started laughing because <laughs> they know they they know something crazy. That, yeah, that, 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 ain't that, me that, that was the hood, you know what I yeah. mean? Whatever. So you know, but when you do that, that that lets people know one, you you know you know the town. You 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 you're not just here to get your dollar, mm-hmm. and you and they start to feel a part of you. They feel like you're really trying to be a part of them. So that's what right. I'm how you're yeah. helping people? And just mm-hmm. so you know, I've taken comedy. I've taken comedy. You told me about that, and, had- and I did do that because you know when I'm getting up talking about finances in 2008, I would go to go to places. Right. Just so in case you're on a rock. In 2008, when I went to go and speak in front of an audience, mm-hmm. they were in foreclosure. You know uh, what I mean? It was uh, like I was showing them how yeah. to save their right. home. Right. So, you know, I would get up and I would use humor yeah. to get everything going. I'd say, all right, everybody, let's camp your credit. By the way, if your credit score is 150, you know what I mean? That would yeah, be my yeah. premise. Like, so yeah, you, might, you, might, you might want to give up. Right, way, right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. If they don't take your cash, yeah. I would learn. And right. what I would do is I would the first five minutes, and then I would get people to laugh and loosen right. up. Yeah, and they well, be ready to listen people, to me. Right. Yeah, because in, in, it's you know comedy is so subjective, but definitely when it comes to Christian comedy. Right. And I I, I don't want to say it's Christian comedy; it's just comedy that's clean that people right. feel they can go there and have to hear the bad language. Right. But I always say that those can be your easiest easiest audience, but your hardest. Right. I said because if the pastor's there, you know, 
people ain't gonna laugh till they see the pastor laugh. They're like, okay, he thought it was funny. Okay, right. ha ha ha. You know what I mean? So, right. so I think in terms of the comedy cafe, which you guys have been doing for a number of years, it's cool because Kenty Scott, who, who hosted, you know, he he, you know, he's a member, so people know him. Indeed. So everybody feels engaged. And I think it's right. You know, yeah, and because they they they're doing something that's ve- that's very that's very unique. Right. Because what they're doing is they're actually talking about church. Like, right. Right. You see them get up. What's the first thing they do? They start pointing at the pastor. Yeah. Right. 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 Hey, right. Here's Pastor George. Right. You know, I know he got these shoes at the right, outfit. Right. 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 I'm right. like, you got the mic today. Right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get have this it tomorrow. Yeah, on I'm Sunday, I'll have Sunday. Just make let me know where you're sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Did you pay your tax? Right. Right. And doing that. But hey, how did you get started? How did you get started in the comedy? You know, it's, it's crazy. Well, in 89, 90, I actually thought I was going to be a professional fighter. I had people looking at me. I actually got invited down to uh, Sugar Ray Leonard's gym in Palmer Park, Maryland. Oh, okay. They were taking a look at me. So I was down there for two days, and they beat the snot out of me for, for a day and a half. So I said, you know what? Yeah. Education ain't bad at right, right. You know what I mean? Uh, but I got into comedy, it was crazy. I've always been a character. Right. You know what I mean? I've always kind of been funny, whatever. When I was living in Philly, though, it kind of got suppressed because when you live in a, a city like Philadelphia, you can't be the funny dude all the time. You can be funny, but you can't be the dude all the time. You got you to gotta have that other edge right. because there's always somebody in class wondering or in school wondering, like, oh, you know what? I could probably take his lunch money. You know what I mean? Or something right. like that. But I've always been able to fight. So street fight even before I started boxing. So that helped me. Because I wasn't someone that got punked in the street. You know what I mean? And I had dudes that I was intimidated of. Don't get it twisted. Right. But I was never to the point where, like, I'm not going to go ahead and give them a go. But if you go to a boxing gym and you're at a boxing gym, I think less people going to fight well, you. Well, yeah. Was, because they know that, especially one, if, especially because they know one thing. One is you can fight, but, like, I'm assuming if you walked home with any of the people you interviewed on the execution. Oh, yeah, yeah. They I, know, I, I, yeah. Like, I would be like, okay, now they're fighting Mike Breland next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. go ahead. You know, it's funny you mention right. that because, you know, Philadelphia is known for boxing, right? And um, and, and my yeah, part, Rocky, the right, right, all of that. But my partner was Mike Wells right. and Bob Nix were in the dock. So I remember when I was a kid and Nix were in the dock. So I remember when I was a kid and I was walking home, and um, and some of your parents might want to get your kids involved in some type of sport of boxing because I remember walking home one day on the avenue on Lansdowne Avenue, and uh, so these, these dudes were smoking weed. And one of the dudes said, yo, Dan, you want to hit this like this, right? I'm about 13, 14. I got my bag on me. And Mike goes, man, you know he boxed man? No, no, no. Smile said, man, you know he boxed man? Leave the kid, leave him alone. Like that, right? So they, they never did it. Right. And then what happened was, because I started getting better, you know, you have the other people talking for you. Yeah. So people started hearing like, okay, yeah, like he can hold his hand. So I never had that problem. Right. So as I, so as I got older and went to college, I was always involved with student activities, you know, being funny, having fun in college and all that. So one day um, in 88, um, I was in my first year in grad school. My buddy and I uh, had two friends, Joey D. Williams and Fred Prince. And we used to always meet at this club after class on Fridays. You know, we might not see each other, but on Fridays, we meet in there. That's our party night. So one Friday, Joey was late. And so Joey comes in, and I go, I said, Joey, what's up, man? Where was you at? He says, oh, man, me and Tasha, that was his girlfriend at the time, he said, we went to a comedy show, man. That's why I was late. He said, man, I ain't going to lie to you, Dan. He said, man, you funny than them dudes. You should be a comedian like that. And I said, and I pretty much cursed that. I said, man, get you. You know, because I'm, I'm in grad school working on my master's, briefcase every day. So, you know, in the 80s, we were suited and booted. You know what I mean? Right. So I blew it off. So... I wound up, gra- I graduated in December of 90. I didn't graduate 
in the, that that's that summer I graduated. I mean, with that June with the June class, I graduate in December. So I'm driving down the street. I'm I'm now job hunting, sending resumes out around the country, and uh, I uh, I'm driving down the street in Columbus, Ohio, on a freeway, and I see on the marquee it says "Open Mic Night Comedy," and someone just said, "Man, I I, I can't make it up." It's like, "Why don't you try it?" Like, so I had four jokes I wrote down. Like, I was like, and I called my buddy Fred. I'm like, "Yo, Fred," he's like, "Yo," I said. I think I'm going to try to do some stand-up comedy night. And then he go, oh, man, you better not embarrass me. I'm like, ain't like you're going to be on stage yeah, with me. What are you talking about? about? Yeah. So I went there, and um, how they did it was they, you had to write your name on a piece of paper right. and put it in the hat because it was, it was open mic. Yeah. They only had eight slots, but it was 16 comics, right. it was like six, 15, 16 comics. So my name got picked. And I always say I wondered what would have happened if my name didn't get picked that day, like what I have came back to do it again. Right. So I got picked, and the first time I ever went on stage, I got second place in the competition. And people were like, who's this? They were like, you know, and all white people, go, oh, man, you're funny, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm like, I don't know, but, you know, hey, I had a good time, you know what I mean? And it was like, okay. So I wind up doing some open mics, and then there was a competition in Columbus called Funniest Person in Ohio. And whoever won it gets to tour all of the southern part of Ohio. You know what I mean? And back then, it was like, $30, $50 a show. But back then, $30 and $50, you know, five could fill your gas tank up and you'd right. be good. Right. So it was a six-week competition, and I won it. Wow, okay. I won it. And so at the that day when I won it, um, there was these two white ladies that were sitting at the bar. And, you know, because it wasn't in a comedy club. It was like a bar type of thing. They had, right. they had comedy there. And um, on everything, the lady goes to me. She said, you know why you you know why we kept picking you every week? Like, people kept picking you every week? And I was like, why? You know, she said, because every week you would come back with a, with a different story. And everybody just kept saying, what is he going to talk about this week? And that's how I got it. That's how I won. And then I got bit by the bug, and the master's degree went out the window, the boss's career went out the window, and I said, let me try stand-up comedy and act. So you have a degree. We're going to get into that. But okay. I just want to, I, I got to say this, and I want to get your opinion on this. This is a belief that I, I have. Okay. I think to be very good, you have to be a very good storyteller. Yes. And I'm going to repeat this, and I'm going to repeat it to you twice, so it's going to get your comfort. I think the best storytellers in the world are, one, pastors. I think the way they get up and tell a story. Mm -hmm. I think Bishop Palmer is very good at that. He could be a stand His stories right here, right now. Don't, 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 don't take, don't finish. Hey, don't, hey, okay. hey, don't steal my punchline. Okay. Because I think we could get up and do comedy just like it, but I'm going to swing it both ways. Okay. I'm going to swing it both ways. First is, second, comedians. Third, extremely good salespeople. When they're when or they're helping people with something, like if it's someone's a realtor, they're telling a story. They're just not walking around right. the house. They're showing you how you live right. now. Right. When you look at they're the deep stories deep. and the, how you're telling the story, mm -hmm. I think also T D Jake. There's several, and then I also want you in the chat to look, look at names you guys would think of that are people that are very good storytellers. Right. And what they're doing is they're describing something. Mm -hmm. And how they're describing, like the like one time Bishop was telling a story about this plate with food and how the more expensive the restaurant is, yes. the smaller the food is, but the bigger the plate is. And he was going through, right. and I started to feel my mouth. Right, like, right, I'm right, like, right, right, right. I've been in that, right. you know. And he and he tells it through different lenses. Yeah. And then he hears storytelling, and then we're, I want to, then I'm gonna, I'll let you. But Richard Pryor 
the way that he told stories. Right. Like you remember, like when he was on fire, like yeah. on, when yeah. you're on fire, people yeah. get out the way. Right, right, like right. Everybody, when you tell a story, you can almost finish the line. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it just so you're doing that, and you're seeing the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And then I already told you third about people that are right. in some form of sales and everything and storytelling. So you tell us a little bit about one your opinion, how you feel about that second, and then your ability to tell a story because a lot of our set for life listeners, I want them to learn how to. Tell your story, because I thought you did that. Well, so first of all, your reflection on that. I, I, I totally agree. Right. Um, I have to confess that I probably have gotten four or five of my jokes from Bishop. <laughs> he don't know that. <laughs> right. I mean, I could, I'll be in church and I go, no, nah, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. And I think one joke I got when he was talking about, I don't know what it was, but it was about, pretty much I came up with this joke about, how my uncle was was uh, had cancer, right. but he drank himself to death. Right. I'm like, like, I'm like, you gotta be a bad man to do that. Right. You know, you have cancer, but you die of the liver. And I go, I said, but he would never go to church, you know. And my aunt would say, you know, you need to go to church. And he would go, I ain't gotta go to church. Ain't nothing in church that my wine can't tell me. She's like, you you know, you're gonna go to hell one day. She just get on him. So she left to go to the store. And when she came back, she had noticed he had been reading the Bible. So she was looking for him, and he was upstairs dressing. He's like, hey, let's go. We got to go to church. I got to go to church. I got to go see this man like that. And she, and she was shocked. So he goes out to the car, and she picks up the Bible, and she's reading about the man who turned water into wine. He was like, that's the dude I need to meet. <laughs> you know, so that's a, that's, that's a great example. Right. But the storytelling comes because, like, because I've always been in the church. I mean, I was saved. I, was, I like to tell people I was saved twice because I was saved under the Pentecostal religion okay. first. Okay, gotcha. Okay, and then I got baptized here at Faithful Central. So back in, back when I was in church in Iowa, when I was, I had a, one of the, the older sisters in the church go, you're going to be a pastor one day. And I was like, I was looking at her like, mm, you know, I'm only here because I'm dating her. I want y'all to know that. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But... On the lines of what you're saying is, pastors can be comedians because you guys tell the story, and most people, most of the time, is lighthearted. Yeah. And comedians can probably be good pastors because we can tell that story, so we keep you engaged. So. And and that's why I want them. That's why I want, I want more comedians to know that. Yeah. And, and when they stand up, they, they, like the first thing they say when I when I'm talking to you. And, um, Akinte and, and, and well, right. Dino always gets up and says he's he's done so many. You know what I'm mm -hmm. so, but what I want th them to understand is that you're actually ministering to the people. Yeah, but if you so, look at comedy now, yeah. see, this is why it's so interesting now because of social media. People will look and say, "Oh, he's funny," but is he funny? Is is the skit funny that you you're watching a skit that many times? The skit is funny, but when you put him on stage and you say, "Okay, now you got to talk to these people," and oh, by the way, these people don't look like you, right? You know, this is a whole room of Armenians or this is a whole room of Spanish people. Right. Can you make them laugh? Right. And then can you take that material and translate to what they're thinking? Right. So I'm, I, that's why I'm the worst guy to always say. When people say, well, hey, what do you think about him? Do you think he's funny? I'm like, don't ask me. Don't ask right. me about another comic because I'm very subjective and very, you know, right. opinionated when it's differently when it comes to that. Especially. And, and so that's just one of the areas mm -hmm. that have. So what would you tell someone that comes out, let's say, to California, wherever they're at, because it can be all over, anywhere in the country, yeah. and they want to pursue, I'm going to say, 
comedy, but then acting or their dreams. Yeah. Like, what are some things that you would say to them? Because obviously, you know, you said that you tried it and you came in second place. Right. You're picking hats and sometimes your name doesn't get, you know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes your name doesn't get. Yeah. What are some things that you would, you would heavily say to them? Like the last show we talked about, what I would tell you is one, have a goal. You got to have something that you're reaching for. You got to be focused. You can't get caught up. And at the end of the day, and this is what I tell anybody about life, you can't want it to the point where you're willing to sell your soul. Right. I don't want this that bad. Mm. When you want it that bad, you're willing to do things that you're not supposed to do. Or you do and then you regret later. So I tell anybody, when you take that boat out here, and you, 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 you know, you miss, you, you start coming over those mountains and you coming through Vegas and you seeing the lights and you great hit that 15 and then you great hit that 10 freeway or however you come to LA, know what you're willing to do and not do. And understand that it could take time. Understand that you may not get there. But the important part of it is if you enjoy the journey on the way there, whether you get to what you're trying to get to or not, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. See, most people can't enjoy it because they're, they're so focused. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Now, I have fun along the way. Right. But I also work hard. I work very hard. I, you know, I've always had a job when I stayed in L.A., even right. through all the times when I made movies, when I was on Everybody Hates Chris, when I did uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood, when I did all the commercials. I've kept a gig. Right. Even when I toured overseas, I've been to Kuwait, Jordan, Bahrain, Egypt. You know what I mean? And comedy is... You had a job was, like a bread and butter, something that paid butter. the bill. Yeah, not, probably, not, yeah. not living with your mom or right. the, Let me, like that. Right. This is what I always tell people. 2008, which is what we're almost, we all lived through, proved to us that at any time you can lose it all. No, no, no. And the, the pandemic was... Pandemic we literally what? shut right. down our the economy. World. They said, right? There was no comedy. You in, in March when they shut down, you know, when they shut oh. down bathroom, there was no going to no comedy club. There was in March, nothing. You know, April, yeah. May of yeah. 2020. Yeah. They shut down everything. A lot of a lot of comics were out of work. Right. And um myself included in terms right. of that. So But then you had to you had to make certain adjustments. Mm -hmm. You know, and you had to reinvent yourself. Right. So a lot of guys reinvented themselves on social media. I was doing Boxing training on online, working, you know what I mean? So people were, you know, I had my little cash app, you know, $20 here, 20, that $20 came in handy, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not know. mad at it because you want yeah. those to add up. Like yeah. when, you, when, you, when, you, when you add the book, but look, you said a lot of nuggets. I want to come back and just okay. unpack a couple of these yeah. real quick. Number one, you said uh, stay true to yourself. Yes. Don't sell your soul. Don't. You know, to thy own self, remember Shakespeare said, be true. Be so true. don't change who you are. Don't. Then we we said this, and I even and said that's important. Community. That's keep them nuggets. That's one of the most important things. Yeah. One thing about me, I I appreciate for myself, pat myself on the back. I can honestly say that most people say, "Man, yo, you you the same dude that I met back in '92 or '96." Or I've I've really pretty much have been the same. Right. You and, can't change. You can't. You you know. And you keep hitting points though, Dan. And now now I'm teaching myself. Okay. Where you keep people try to change you. Yeah. Can you believe there are people that walk around in the United States of America that give me a hard time because now I'm a father. They want me to treat things differently. Right. You know what I mean? Like now, like I have kids, like I don't waste money. You know right, what I mean? Right, so right, like, right. Like my kids the other day, we, we went to go get some pizza at this place and we were, we were getting some kids all got the pizza and everything. And then they went over there and they said, and then this other kid was like, hey, let's go over there and get some drinks. Mm -hmm. Did you know that one of my kids asked me for a drink? Right. Like, you know, a soda in right. a restaurant. 
I turned right to him and said, hey, we came here to eat, right, right, not right, to right. drink. Right, right, right. Daddy, so daddy drinks water, right. so that's what we drink. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, so you got to stay. You have to stick to course. your guns. Yes. And then the thing is, I want to generationally teach my children that same thing. But let thing. me tell you this. Right. When you stick to your guns, yeah. it's like a nickname. If you say that nickname enough, people are going to start calling you by that nickname. Now, when you first give yourself a nickname, right. people are like, no, your name is... Your name is, you know, Pastor George right. or, or Thomas or whatever they, you know, you go by. But if they say, yo, GT, what's going on with right. you? You know, if you say it enough, everybody will start calling you that. Right. So what happens is if you stick to your guns, people will know you enough. I've been to parties where weed is passed around. Yeah. They, they pass right by me. Right. See what I'm saying? So you have to be in a situation where you stick to your guns. And that's very important, whether it's your moral guns or what you're going to do. You stuck to your guns. Look, we came in to eat. I drink water. That's what y'all have. Can I get a soda? But what do we do? Yeah, we came in. Okay. <laughs> right. That's okay, put the pizza down. Man. Right. Right. So, but no, but six guns. But no, but that's. I, I had that little struggle there a little bit, but then I just gradually got over it. But guess what yeah. would happen? Your kids eventually would not ask anybody else for. Uh, yeah, they know that. Right, because they know. We, you know, my dad's not going to do this. And they get other, they get all other alternatives. And you know what? They yeah. still, they still, they still make it work. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, like they, they, they will get sold when they or whatever they well, get. Right, or they did <laughs> a, 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 the, best, the best one was the other day is I can use it as a learning opportunity. Right. The, uh, again, my daughter was called. They had these uh, birthday parties. They said yeah. we're going to go down to the Grove and have an American Girl uh, party where they were going to buy these dolls that were six and seven hundred dollars right. at noon. And they said at three o'clock they're going to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Right. I let her know. I said we'll be there at two forty-five. Right. There's no point in us going over to American Girl and dressing up no $600 doll because we're not going to do that. And then I took this opportunity to come there a little bit earlier and say, there's this company that's called Mattel. And I explained this to my daughter and said, I'm going to buy you a share of the stock. Right. And then we're going to go to the Cheesecake Factory and then talk to these people. Right. And then we're going to come home. Yeah. And they'll have a doll and then you'll have you'll have uh, an asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all yeah, right. right. So, but you understand, then they're learning yeah. about. And you have to. Right. You know, and you that's, have to, yeah. And that's what and, we're doing. But that's the same in the, in the industry, you right. know, George. You have to. You know, you doing, you know, you now doing this type of stuff. Right. Today, when I came, when I came to the to the show this day, I was I was early right. because I'm programmed now to be on time, and being on time is not coming in at the time of your show start. Right. I'm coming in a half an hour early. So if there's anything I need to do for myself, I can get it done. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm gonna repeat to you what you what you just said, and then also the rules that that I live by, okay. and then also that my kids we have them teach them mm. is this: we always show up on time. There's this book that was called the Millionaire Handbook, and it said this: is is showing up 15 minutes early is actually being on time because what you do is you can network. Like when you go to different, like right. when you go somewhere to speak, mm -hmm. I always show up half hour. I meet everybody. Actually, I go now now and I talk to the crew, like the you know like. Cleaning crew, everybody, and I always shake their hand and talk to them. Right. And then I usually give them a book or right. talk to them. Right. And then this is the funny part is that then I see how they, you know, I show up early. Right. So this is what I was taught by my dad when I teach my kids. It says, be on time. That's the first thing to me. Right. The second thing, finish what you start. If mm -hmm. you start something, finish it. Exactly. I have my kids repeat it. Then third is do what you say you're going to do. That helps me right. in ministry life. If they tell me to come over, I've been a uh, where I go over to pray for somebody that's in the hospital, they'll, they'll, then their family walks me, hey, I have a question about real estate, this and that. I said, hey, 
I came here to pray for your father right. in this room. Right. If you want to talk with us, I'll come back and do it. But I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't need no call from Bishop Martin. Like, hey, George, you're doing a real estate seminar. Right, 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 right. Man right, laying right. on the bed. Right. All right. So, so, right. so, so, right. So, right. Do what you say you're gonna say. Or losing it. Say please and thank you to people. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I mean, just be kind to people. Yeah. And be humble. See, I don't say humble because the H is silent. It starts by just listening to people right. and being kind. I teach these to my kids, and that's something that's just. I don't know if it's a lost art, like, you know, like open the door yeah, for a woman, yeah, stuff like yeah. that, you know, and doing that. It, it, it is. You, you mentioned being on time, like myself. I, I came early today. Right. I believe in being on time because, one, it allows you to, one, if there's any clinks, any glitches, anything going on, right. you're able to overcome that because you got time to make it. Plus, like, as a stand-up, I like to come early because I like to be able to scan my audience. You know, I want to make sure, if, I want to see who's in there. Right. Know if I have an audience that's more more mature people, older people, young, you know, what nationality, or do we have more blacks, do we have more Asians? With right. I you know, I do all of that. I I, I program myself right. to, to be, you know, part of that. And really, man, I found out, you know, it's the last one you said is tough sometimes in Hollywood because it's like anything in life, you know, when you try to be a cool person or you try to be a nice people, a nice person, people will take try to take advantage. Right. But at the end of the day, man, and, and I think for the umbrella that we're under, which is the umbrella of Christ, um, you just got, you have to, if you're a good person, you just be a good person. Right. Let the chips fall where they fall. Right. You know, if you stick to your guns, whatever's going to happen, happen. And I always believe that um, the right people will become part of your camp. Right. You know, I've done projects before. I've had people from Favorite Central help me. And there have been people that have believed in me. See, I only mess with people that believe in me. Right. See, because if, if, if I say, yo, George, I mean, well, I think we should do this. I don't know, Danny, because uh, you, you, if you, right. I'm the leader right now. Right. It's not that your, 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 your word doesn't count. Right now, I need you to be on my page. Right. And then once we got this page starting to write, then I, and I know you're with me, Dan, what do you think about this? You know what, George, I think it's a great idea, so let's go ahead and do that. But if we're already um, disagreeing or having different opinions right. from the get, you're never going to get to that same spot. Right. Right. You know, and I'm not saying you're supposed to agree with people. I'm not telling people that. And I think that's what people have to understand. I always tell people, I treat my life, I try to treat my life like a mafia. Okay. And what I mean by that is this. The boss, he's not always the biggest or the strongest dude. You ever notice that? Because he gets older. He gets frail. He's not. But he's the guy that at the end of the day, he's going to be making sure that everybody's taken care of. Right. So if you treat yourself like that, and everybody knows that at the end of the day, you have their best interest in mind, they'll do anything for you. Right. So that's that's how I try to do it. And they always myself. have the most influence. And they have the most influ- without, they have more influence. Without, 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 being doing, the, without right. having to be the boss. crazy. Right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Without, you know, without having to be that. The boss does, it doesn't have to be a, a, a controlling type of comment. It's just that they know. You know, if you look at the mafia, the, you know, if a guy gets in trouble, he goes to jail, they say, we got your family. Don't talk. Right. You're good. So it's the same thing in life. If I, if, if, you know, Bishop is a prime example of that. I mean, I've known Bishop since when I first came in 96. And he, we, him and I became friends. And you always feel like when you talk to him, you know, and anybody that's dealt with Bishop, you always feel like when you talk to him, it's like, you know what, I can do this. Right. You know, I know he said I can't fly, but I feel like I can jump off this building and fly. Because right. that's how he talks to you. Right. So you have to have people in your life, in your career, in your business, 
that you feel at the end of the day have your best interests in mind. Exactly. And that's the sad thing. That was a good segue from the mafia to Bishop Palmer, which is great. Right. Because one thing about Bishop Palmer that I really like is that he believes in you and he in two ways. One, he believes actually in you, or I'm going to say a little bit in you. But he actually, what Bishop actually believes, and this is the same for me, I put words in his mouth, but he believes what God can do through you. Right. That, so he sees the power of God. Yeah. I have never, I mean, I said means like when he was like, yeah, we're going to buy the form and this is how we're going to do it. And this other, I was like, yeah. What? And then, like, I'm like, this calculator don't worry. He's right. like, don't worry about that calculator. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's like, it's like, it's but George, like. But George, you, that's just the way it is in life, man. Right. You know, I mean, if you really, you know, I. One thing about me, I know there's been times, I mean, there's been times I've been like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get this money. And it doesn't add up. Me. Right. You know, and then what happens, it's like, and I know we, we get great go, but it's like, you ever pop up at a party and everybody's there, but none of those people invited you? And you uh, go. I, before I was pastoring, yes. Go ahead. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, just an, but just an event. You know, you go like, it's like people held out. Like, no one told you, but somehow you still got a chance to be there. Right. See what I'm saying? God's going to put you in the spots that you need to be there. Right. Even if you ain't got the right people that are trying to, to, you know, to help get you there. Right. So what I have found out with my career, especially now with me getting this movie done, I'm, I have other projects that are on the right. table right now. They're not, they're not people that you would think would, would, you would think I would be going through another door. Right. But that's not the door I'm going through. And that's because I've stuck to my guns. I stay prayed up, I stay focused, haven't sold my soul, haven't put myself in any compromising positions with people. Like I said, I don't get people, what I, what people, when people talk about me, is what I give them to talk about. You're not gonna get a rumor. So that's what's most important. And I'll tell anybody today, that if you're coming out to California, if you live in LA, no matter what you're involved in, you gotta, you gotta have that game plan, have those goals, stick to them. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing can stop you. That's right. Hey, guys, if you guys could, let's give Dan and Green a hand. Shout them out in the chat. It's been a blessing. And then also, one of the things that you left out that you do. Number one is you have that hustle. Mm-hmm. You always are working hard. And then also something that I, that I want to tell you, I appreciate and applaud that you do is you're consistent. Thank you, man. I've seen, I mean, like when you get ready to do the golf thing, you're just consistently right. doing the right thing. And, I, and you see how God has rewarded you. Yeah. Your whole your whole story, and then check that out on, on our on our first episode of this, is right. with that excuse versus that's God's hand all, mm-hmm. all over you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know that God's hand is on you and to utilize a lot of things that he just said here about how he's persistent, how he kept moving forward and how you walk through them. And then also, I got to say it again, how you get a dream team together is write down what your goals are. As you guys know in Set for Life, we achieve our goals by desire, focus. God gives you desires of your heart. We focus on what the goal is. And then we got to be consistent. And then we have a level of discipline. And we show you how to achieve those goals. But just remember, it's God does it through you. Again, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Set for Life. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.